Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The gun guy, Guy Rilford, Second Amendment attorney, licensed firearms instructor, and hosts of The Gun Guy Show right here on 93 WIBC. Joining us, Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. A great place to buy firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Check out uh, my buddies at the Fort at Fort libertyfirearms.com so there was a time where we had news about delphi coming out seemingly every single day but then a gag order was put in place this happened shortly after the state superintendent of police joined us on this program uh superintendent carter and now nobody is illegally allowed to do interviews talk about this case in public what does that mean from a lawyer's perspective? Are we not going to get any information moving forward? Well, not necessarily, but I, I, I fully understand what the court uh, was dealing with there and, and the action that they took. Because, first of all, the, the court has control over the attorneys that are participating in the litigation before the court, right? So let's talk about the lawyers first. The, the lawyers have an ethical responsibility to follow what we call the rules of professional conduct. Uh, here in Indiana, and there's a general rule of professional conduct that says basically if you're litigating litigating a case, you're not supposed to speak about it publicly. But then there's a series of exceptions to that, one of which is, big one is, if it's a matter of public record. So, okay, so, you know, somebody submitted an affidavit, you know, somebody's testified, you know, whatever it is, you can talk about that. Another thing is you can talk about the result of a proceeding. So, you say, well, we filed this motion to suppress this evidence, and the judge ruled this way or that way. You can talk about that as well. The one that, that I think set this judge off, and it was pretty predictable as you saw it unfold, is that the defense team was dealing with... Um, the the release of the probable cause affidavit. They were dealing with statements made publicly by the prosecutor's office down there. That uh, they were dealing with uh, statements that the that the the police had had made. It was a really one sided conversation. It, it very arguably was a very one sided conversation. So the defense team came out and they issued a, their own press release and they said, normally we wouldn't talk about this in public. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Right. But they said, normally we wouldn't talk about a pending case like this. However, we think, due to a bunch of comments made by the other side, we think we're ethically allowed to make the following statement. And then they came out and they, they kind of gutted. You know, in in their minds, the 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 prosecution's case. They said, "Look, the the science on the the tool marking analysis on the shell casing, or actually the full cartridge they found at the scene, that's anything but settled settled science. We're going to dispute that. We're going to refute that that ever came out. I want to talk to you about more about that gun. in just a second. I mean, too. they they kind of went down through the prosecution's case that had been released, and they and they refuted it. They they presented their side of the story, and they said." Normally, we wouldn't do this, but we think we're allowed to do this. And that's because there's another exception in the rules of professional conduct for attorneys that says if the other side has made such comments that your 
case for your client is now prejudiced, you can come out and make public statements and respond and, and sort of you know, restore equilibrium, for lack of a better term. And so that that's what they were saying. They were saying, normally we wouldn't come out, this is the, the defense team, normally we wouldn't come out and make a statement like this, but the other side's been talking a bunch, so we feel compelled to talk. The ju- I guarantee you, the judge saw that and yeah. said, okay, time out, <laughs> everybody shut the hell up. <laughs> right, 100%. And, that, and that's why we got the gag order. I guarantee you that's why we got it. Was, and, and, and I understand why the defense team did that. And I'm not disagreeing that they were ethically allowed to do that because the other side had been talking about a whole bunch. And again, I'm maybe looking at this as a defense lawyer, um, but that's why it happened the way it happened. What did you think of um, the, you know, Hammer and I had this story late last week about the Innocence Project. Yeah. And, you know, they work to free innocent, prevent wrongful convictions things like that uh, there was a big headline uh they think the linking of richard allen's gun to the delphi crime scene is not science in terms of the ballistics that was used there's a cartridge found right in between yeah exactly the bodies and thanks for it saying was, cartridge not yeah, bullet I knew, I knew my man. That, that, we didn't but, want your head to spin all the way <laughs> yeah. around guy but man they, you know i would think a, a, a cartridge found at the scene linking uh, with ballistics to richard allen's gun uh is this would be you know left for lack of a better word a smoking gun in the case well yeah but and, you but, said ballistics what is that it's actually right. it's not an analysis of a bullet having gone down the barrel of a gun and been engraved essentially by that rifling process this is a, a full cartridge that was never fired yeah. out of any gun and they said well we matched through basically tool mark analysis we we marked that the markings on the rear of that cartridge we marked to the extractor that was in his gun richard allen's gun that issue, and you, you guys and I talked about this. Remember this? We we, we did a, a Thursday afternoon interview, I believe, and I said, look, you're going to have a prosecutor expert coming in there and say, oh, yeah, this is absolute science. We This is a, as definitive as fingerprints or DNA. The, the, this cartridge came out of this guy's gun. And you're going to have defense experts that are going to come on and say, absolutely not. This is not definitive. This is nowhere close to fingerprints or DNA. The, you cannot say, you know, to any reasonable degree of scientific certainty, which is a term we use in the courtroom a lot that this cartridge came out of this gun you could very much have a battle of experts that what you you and i got you you guys and i talked about that before this ever unfolded that's all the innocence project statement said is exactly what we expected you're going to see two different sides to that scientific argument it's monday gun day with the gun guy guy relfer joining us here on the hammer and nigel show all right so this may sound like a question from a dumb guy but keep in mind it's a question from a dumb guy, okay? <laughs> if you wanted to buy somebody a gun as a Christmas gift, what is the process? Is there special hoops you have to jump through to make that happen? Is it d- d- depending on which kind of gun it is? Oh, well, um, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, if you want to buy someone an M1 Abrams tank, that's that's different. <laughs> right. Or, you know, or Slightly. Even, or yeah, even, just or for even. argument's sake, let's say nobody's buying a tank. Okay, so holiday tank. season. All right. Okay, all right. Let's say somebody okay. just wants to... Like a rifle. Right. Let's say I have a daughter. Now, I don't have a daughter, but let's say that I have a daughter that just moved out on her own. Okay, well, I have a daughter. Okay, she's and, 21, and, 22. And I have bought her a gun for Christmas. Okay, so take me through that. See, and by the way, I, I'm going to absolutely refute the premise to your question, which is either that you're a dumb guy or that it was a dumb question, because <laughs> this is a fabulous question, and it's a very important one this time of year, and it's one that I actually talk about specifically in my gun law class that I teach, and uh, and that is, look, when you go in to buy a gun, 
and you fill out, this is in a gun store, and you fill out the, the ATF form that you have to fill out. It's called a 4473, and you fill that out. It says, it, one of the first questions is, are you the actual purchaser or transferee of this firearm? That means, are you buying it, or are you or is somebody else buying it, right? And, and, and if you lie on that form, I know, because I'm currently defending more than one of these cases, if you lie on that form, you're looking at 10 years in federal prison. Oh, so you have to answer that truthfully. So wait a minute, obviously. the cryptocurrency guy is down on the island stealing billions yeah. and nothing's going to happen, but if you lie on that form, I got 10 <laughs> years in federal pound me in the backside prison? <laughs> yes, that's what you're telling me? No, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. If I hand you, right now, if I hand you $500 out of my wallet and I say, man, do me a favor, stop by and pick up that you know Glock 19 used gun that you know that, that's down there at Beach Grove Firearms, you mind picking that up for me? And you say, yes, I'm the actual transferee or purchaser of this gun on that form. We just committed a federal felony, good for 10 years in federal prison. However, when you go through the instructions on the 4473 or you even go to the, the ATF website, it says you can buy a gun as a gift for someone if you're using your own money. You're not using their money. That's a key distinction. And if you're not buying it for someone that you know is ineligible to buy their own gun from a dealer. Okay, mm. this is important. So, you know, I know that uh, my wife, I know my wife can can purchase her own firearm. I know she can possess a firearm. She has her own license to carry. And is an incredibly good shot, by the way. Mm. And so I know that she's legitimate to have her own gun. I, she's legitimate to buy her own gun. If I take my own money and go into the gun store and buy her a gun, intending it to be a gift to her for Christmas, that's 100% legal. The ATF says so. Uh, federal government says so generally. And, uh, and that's totally legal. But if she would give me her money which is probably my money anyway, but let's say... No, it's not. It's yeah. her money. <laughs> Listen, That's you've been point. married longer yeah, than I have, and I'm telling you right now, it's her money, guy. That's a really good point. <laughs> but, but at any rate, if I use somebody else's money, that's different. But if you use your own money to buy a gun as a gift for Christmas, and they're not someone prohibited from buying their own gun, totally legal, good to go. Monday, gun day, Guy Relford with us. One more thing here before we let you go. There's this story from St. Joseph County yeah. here in Indiana, where a guy gets arrested. Uh, it's a number of different things going on here. Oh, yeah. But in the process, we find out that he has turned a Glock into a machine gun. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Is this, one, normal? And two, how do you do that? How easy yeah, is right. it to do? Right. Yeah, no, if, if I were in film in for one of you guys, we'd be doing Is This Anything right now, right? Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, this is uh, fairly common. And what it is for a very cheap part, in fact, is when I sent you that link, Jason, I, I actually went out and I actually Googled uh, Glock machine gun switch. I just Googled it. And I immediately uh -oh. got, turn your Glock into a machine gun for $129. And offered to ship me one immediately. And you just got flagged by the ATF as well when you type no that doubt. in. And in fact, that's exactly what I said to Jason when I sent him the link. I said, this, this site is probably run by the ATF. Yeah. But a, 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 a very simple device that affects the trigger bar in the sear, and I won't get too deep in the weeds on the mechanics of this, that, that can turn a semi-automatic handgun, particularly a Glock, into a fully automatic gun, meaning you pull the trigger, you keep the trigger to the rear, and it just keeps shooting. It's a machine gun, right? And they're, they actually make, they're not legal in the U.S., but they actually make what's called a Glock 18, which is a fully automatic Glock handgun. And you can buy them in Europe and other places. And for 
a very cheap amount of money, you can go out and buy one of these things. It may or may not make its way through customs as it's coming into the country. And if you ordered it and customs catches it, they're going to come knock on your door. Customs and ATF are going to come put you in prison. But people are doing these. They're, they're on the black market. People are buying them, and for a very little amount of money, yes, you can convert your your Glock handgun or other gun into a fully automatic gun. This guy it was interesting to me, because, and when I read this through this article, because you said he's got a whole bunch of things going on, he's charged with a bunch of different crimes. What was also interesting to me, not only is how easy it was for him to turn his Glock into a machine gun and get himself 10 years in federal prison, congratulations, but secondly, there was a, there was a, he was also charged with unlawful carrying of a handgun. Keep in mind, that's the crime that replaced carrying a handgun without a license under constitutional carry. And when I saw that, I went, aha, because all the cops, not all, several law enforcement officers out there were just, you know, contesting constitutional carry, arguing against it. And they said, we won't be able to put bad guys in jail because if they don't have a license, you know, we don't know whether they're committing a crime or not. We won't know what to do with them. Guess what? They figured out this guy had a prior felony conviction. They figured out he had a handgun. License or no license, it was illegal, and they put his ass in jail for that basis. On that basis, and in the meantime, figured out his gun was a machine gun, and now he's going away for a very long time. It it was interesting from the machine gun angle, but in in addition to that, it was interesting to me as somebody who fought for constitutional carry for a long time that all the predictions of we won't know what to do with bad guys when we catch them with handguns was completely refuted by this because he was charged with a new crime: unlawful carrying of a handgun by someone who's not legally allowed to carry a handgun that tells you the constitutional carry is working just fine if somebody has a question for you how do they get a hold of you relfordlaw.com's best way relfordlaw.com guy relford thank you thanks guys it's the hammer and nigel show